Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to episode 51 of Extreme EvoCast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. Happy, well, I guess for me, happy two-year anniversary of Extreme EvoCast, kind of, in four days. <laughs> it, you know, it, the real, well, three days, the real, uh, the real anniversary is technically on the 20th. Uh, but, you know, this is the closest episode to it. So, happy two-year anniversary of EvoCast. I've been doing this podcast for two years. I, like, I can hardly believe it, if I'm being honest with you. I, so, you know, I, I'm not going to be talking this entire episode about, you know, my retrospective on the podcast. I sort of have already done that just over time, I suppose. Um, but, like, you know, it really doesn't feel like I've been doing this for two years. I sort of just sat down one day and was like, you know what? You know, I, I had this idea brewing in my head for so long that I wanted to do a podcast about Pokemon. I was like, I want to talk about Pokemon. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I sat down one day and I ordered a microphone on Amazon, uh, which, you know, shipped here in like two days. Thank you, Amazon Prime. And uh, I used it for like two months and then I realized that it was garbage uh so I bought a new one for like way like tw- 10 times more money than I paid for the old the other microphone because I realized that you know it was bad uh but you know I sort of was just like and and this is surprising for me because I don't normally do things like this you know I don't normally just sort of s- decide I'm like you know what this is the, I'm gonna do it I just sat down I was like I'm tired of just thinking about it I'm gonna do it you know I got help from some friends about, you know, how to do it, what to name it, what to, how to structure it, you know, but realistically, it was just like, I sat down, and I did it, and here we are, <laughs> two, two, two years, two years later, releasing my 51st episode of this podcast, uh, and I just want to say, before we get into the meat of today's episode, thank you so much for listening and supporting me. Uh, doing this podcast like I am very grateful that I can literally just sit down in front of a microphone in the comfort of my own home and talk about my favorite franchise that I think about literally 24 7 so thank you for indulging me in my interest and my inability to shut up about Pokemon Uh, that being said uh, today uh, is you know uh, I, I know I kind of hyped things up for like, oh, the extra special episode. And if I'm being 100% honest with you, uh, today I was actually going to talk about, I was going to write down, I was going to sit down, I was going to write like a big sappy couple paragraphs about how Pokemon has changed my life, how Pokemon has made me the person that I am today, you know, sort of how how it's influenced me as a person and how it's, you know, what it's done good for me in my life and what I think it's done good for other people. Uh, but then I realized that all of the things that I wanted to talk about on the news today, which is, yeah, I, I decided that, you know what, let's save that for another time. I'm not necessarily feeling as sentimental or mushy Uh, as I normally would be. So we're going to save that for another time. Maybe next episode. uh, I don't think it's necessarily necessarily necessary is what I was about to say. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily necessary for me to 
talk about uh, something mushy and self-absorbed or, you know, or self, something about me specifically on the two-year anniversary of EvoCast. Um, you know, while it is, it is a, a call for celebration, um, I am perfectly okay with just having this be a normal episode because I think that that is kind of poetic in a way. You know, after two years, we're still just doing, I'm still just doing what I love, and what I love is talking about Pokemon. So let's move on. Today, by the way, we're talking about some more things that have been announced for the 25th anniversary of Pokemon, which, I'm not going to lie, I'm very excited. Uh, It's getting, it's slowly getting closer and closer. Actually, a day, 10 days from now, as I'm recording this episode uh, at 5 o'clock in the morning, because I uh, could not sleep and woke up pretty early. So good morning, by the way. Ten, t- uh, t- yeah, ten days from today, there is going to be a special celebration, and I assume many, many announcements to come for Pokemon. Uh, and I, I just can't get my mind off it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I'm sort of, you know, um, th- trying to balance myself and balance my hype for. I try not to get too excited because I'm like, I literally, like, I just can't wait. You know, they're like, we're probably going to announce some new Pokemon games, some new merch, some new crazy things going on. I like just thinking about it gets, I want to just talk about it forever and ever. But uh, I guess I will have an opportunity to indulge myself a little bit because we are talking about the 25th anniversary of Pokemon uh, today. There's more things that have been, that have been going on. Uh, there is, you know, spoiler alert, a Post Malone concert coming, I I suppose, on the day of the celebration. I was like, first Katy Perry and now Post Malone. Uh, there is also a, um, some, was one thing, I guess, to, to sort of give you a sneak peek, I actually, uh, you know, local, local podcast host goes to mcdonald's is essentially what this what this bit is going to be but no i have the um if you can hear it rattling around i have the pikachu uh happy meal box i saved it yes i saved it uh and i have what i got inside it's just pokemon cards but i figured we could talk about that i figured we could i could sort of do like a unboxing something i've already opened and have put back into the box can you really call that an unboxing but i mean that's what we're going to be doing um, I mean, yeah, it's cute. It's got the little ears, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, and for, to, to sort of finish it off, we have the, um, I'm going to go through, uh, the, uh, that video that was released a few weeks ago, like the Pokemon 25, uh, thing that was, that was released. Uh, the video that I think I talked about it like two episodes ago, it was like, oh, you know, the, the Pokeball traveling through all the things of reminiscent of Pokemon. And I, I looked at that and I was like, um, man, there's so much going on. You know, there's so many things in this, this video, so many Pokemon, so many references, so many things going on. I'm like, I don't, I wanted to, like, I went through sort of frame by frame and looked at it and I looked at all the references and then I'm like, I want to share this. You know, I sort of, when I first watched it, I almost felt overwhelmed. I watched it like five times because I wanted to see if I missed anything. And now I can I can say confidently after watching it five more times for this episode, uh, no, I have not missed anything, and I'm going to share with you my findings about all of the the little references and all of the Pokemon uh, featured in this little video. Before we do that, though, 
we do have a little bit of news to go through. Uh, there isn't really much going on. You'd think that there would be uh, because it's the 25th anniversary. But no, I mean, the usual, the usual things uh, other than the big stuff really doesn't have that much going on. Um, Cafe Mix, Pokemon Cafe Mix. You know, we're going to go, we're sort of going to go through the big three here. Pokemon Cafe Mix is having an event that adds Emolga. That's literally it. That's the only thing that I could really find that we haven't already talked about. So if you play Pokemon Cafe Mix, Emolga's here. <laughs> uh, in Pokemon Go, there is a community day happening um, on March 6th uh, for Fletchling, which I believe is actually the, uh, the first Kalos Pokemon that is being featured in the uh, in the community days. Hopefully, I don't know. Did they? I don't. I literally do not remember if they have done the Kalos starters yet. But I know that Kalos is obviously in Pokemon Go. Um, I don't think they have. I don't think that they've done Kalos yet, unless I'm wrong. I like. I'm confident because I almost think that I wouldn't miss three whole months, or I guess it would be six months. Because they do like they do the starter, then they do a different one, and then they do a starter, and then they do a different one. So like you know, uh, I don't unless I missed unless I was in a coma for six months. I don't think that they've done the Kalos starters yet. Uh, so this is the first Kalos Pokemon. Um, it'll have Incinerate to Talon. It'll give the moves uh, Incinerate to Talonflame, and Shiny Fletchling will be available with this event. Uh, you'll be able to purchase a ticket to receive special research, The Bravest Bird. That's clever. That's cute. Uh, and as it as it always goes, the most news um, goes... Actually, no, that's not true. The most news usually goes to Pokemon Go, but um, Pokemon Masters EX... Uh, is having a is, is having a lot of things going on uh, and it's just like four new sync pairs there's Mewtwo and Giovanni there's I like how that implies that Mewtwo is the trainer and Giovanni is the Pokemon because all the rest of them are trainer and then Pokemon I don't know why I wrote them down like that uh, Sic Professor Sycamore and Xerneas and uh, Lysander and Yveltal sort of a combo uh, and then Piers and Obstagoon, which is the first uh, Galar sync pair, if I remember correctly, other than um, Gloria and um, Zacian, but, you know, sort of one that isn't a main character, um, appears in Obstagoon, are coming to Pokemon Masters. With those three out of the way, um, there's two very interesting things we have to, I have to say uh, before we move on to uh, other things Pokemon Quest <laughs> last time I talked about Pokemon Quest and uh you know I, uh, I I put it high up on my list for my favorite Pokemon games I think it was oh, I have to look now what number it was it was very high I really really enjoyed that game uh, if you if you haven't listened to last episode and you want to uh, and you want to know more about what I think about Pokemon Quest and uh, things like that. Please go listen to the last episode. Um, I oh boy, let me find it. Where is it? Here it is. Uh, Pokemon Quest was my ninth top Pokemon game of all time, and I you know mind you this is the one that was just like a free Switch and mobile release <laughs> that has had no updates after its initial release. Um, 
Pokemon Quest is like one of my favorite Pokemon games of all time. And um, there's some interesting things going on about it. Not just rumors this time, but actual things going on. Can you believe it? Um, so a little bit of background. Pokemon Quest, I can assume from this, some of the Cerebi article, um, is um, not, was not available in China for a long time, ever since it's released in 2018. Um, and it was, it was, it's called Pokemon Adventure over in that region. Um, and Pokemon Quest has finally been, uh, finally given prov- approval to release, excuse me. Um, it's finally out in China. But the special thing about it is that it's an enhanced version. It has player customization and player versus player mode, which is something that we have literally never seen before in the history of this game. Uh, and I'm on the uh, I'm on the um, the page right now for on Serebii Pokemon Serebii.net slash Quest slash Pokemon Adventure says after Pokemon Quest was was released in the West, it eventually got a different port announced for the Chinese audience, other than other under the name Pokemon Adventure, and with this comes changes. To the game in the form of new features. Uh, there are player versus player. The main new feature of the game is player versus player mode. In this mode, you have the capability of building your own arena with another player uh, and, ha- and have another player come in to try to defeat you in the arena. Battles last for three minutes and both players always bring three Pokemon into the bout. The player that knocks out the other team first is the winner. You can build your own arenas. Okay, um, bosses. Now on the map, you may find several strong Pokemon. You can fight these Pokemon as Pokemon bosses to get some new rewards and stronger power stones. Um, there's player customization. In this version of the game, you have the ability of creating your own player character. With this, you can customize them with various outfits based on various Pokemon styles and more. And there's special training. In the original version, you were stuck with the move that Pokemon had when it came. In the new version of the game, you now have the ability to utilize various different items to teach new moves to Pokemon in addition to the standard means of powering them up. Using a new item, you can also shore up the power of various power stones you have in order to get your Pokemon strength even higher. Finally, there are more items and ingredients that could be used to increase the health and attack stat of your Pokemon. This is crazy. This is insane. I want this. <laughs> I was actually thinking about making an episode about Pokemon Quest recently and, and you know, talking about it uh, after the fact, but the people in China are getting new, new new game, new updates. Why are we getting these updates? Maybe what I'm thinking is that uh, on the really, uh, uh, you know, on the, 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 the 25th anniversary of Pokemon, they will finally update this game and or release Pokemon Quest 2, Pokemon Quest Johto, add all of the generations, every single Pokemon, please, God. No, I mean, like, maybe, I highly doubt it. It might have just been, like, they released the game without these updates, you know, it was sort of like, um, you know, they were, they, they were kind of like, oh, you know, these, these features aren't finished yet, who cares, let's just ship the game, and then they had time to go back and refine them later, and they're like, oh, you know, we can finally release this game in China, let's 
put out these new these new features. May as well. You know, they're done. The game the, the game is updated. I'm hoping that maybe they'll update the game. If they update the game, I'm definitely going to make that episode. And I'm actually thinking that I might do that sometime soon if I have the free time. Um, play through this game again. Sort of start a new file. Um, play through it again fully. Um, probably shouldn't take too long. I mean, it's a pretty short game, but it's 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 fun. I absolutely adore this game. And I'm really, really looking forward to see if we can get these new these new features. Anyway... Uh, before we move on, there's one last thing. Uh, Pokemon Unite. Do you remember that? <laughs> remember that uh, League of Legends Pokemon game that's coming out? Uh, yeah, it has a beta out. Uh, let's see if I can find the the thing, the, the, the post about it. I, I'm using Cerebi, of course. Again, thank you, Cerebi, for giving me pretty much every single bit of information that I talk about on this podcast. But boy howdy is it hard to find some information sometimes when it you know it's been a long time <laughs> and there's a lot of things to, to look through it was it was recent i think it's very recent uh ah yes it was literally released d- yesterday <laughs> uh the pokemon company has announced a regional beta for pokemon unite starting in march for players in canada on android devices The beta is limited to Android, but the game will release on iOS and Switch. Interested players can register on the Google Play Store. Progress will be reset up to the beta test, and devices need 3GB of RAM to run the game. Capture or streaming of gameplay is not allowed during the regional beta test. Interesting. Okay, so we're not allowed to actually record the game, which sucks. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, I don't live in Canada, so I'm not going to really, I don't really have an opinion on this. The game is interesting. I'm definitely going to play it when it comes out. I mean, it looks cool. I've never really been a fan of MOBAs, uh, but who knows? Maybe maybe this will be my introduction. Anyway, I mean, not really much else to say about that um, other than it's coming. Uh, if you're living in Canada and listening to this or you heard the news, um, be sure to you know register for the beta. I mean, if you want to try out the game before everyone else, this is your chance to. Okay, moving on. Uh, before we get to uh, talking about this Pikachu box down here, uh, we, of course, first have to do everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a random Pokemon every episode. Today's Pokemon on the chopping block is number 205. Can you guess what it is? It is the Bug Steel Pokemon introduced in Generation 2, Fortress. Uh, Fortress evolves from Pineco, starting at level 31. Fortress is the bagworm Pokemon. It has Sturdy and Overcoat as its ability and hidden ability, respectively. Uh, 50-50 female-male ratio. Uh, it is 3 foot 11, or 1.2 meters, and weighs 277.3 pounds, or 125.8 kilograms. Now, I'm excited to talk about Fortress only because it's been a really long time since we've actually had a Pokemon that we can talk about on Smokon, like, competitively. Pretty sure, like, for the past, like, at least maybe five episodes, they've been either first stage or second stage Pokemon that, like, I didn't, I just, there's nothing to talk about, even, like, Little Cup, you know? Uh, So, thankfully, we actually have some uh, competitiveness to talk about in this episode. Um, But before we go on, 
to then uh, we have some things to do for Fortress. Uh, first of all, let's look at some Pokedex entries for it. It's been around since Generation 2, so it has quite a lot. Uh, its entire body is shielded by a steel-hard shell. What lurks inside the armor is a total mystery. It rays immovably rooted to its tree. It scatters pieces of its hard shell to drive its enemies away. Usually found hanging onto a fat tree trunk, it shoots out bits of its shell when it sees action. Um, Fortress conceals itself inside of its hardened steel shell. That's a tongue twister and a half. The shell is opened when the Pokemon is catching prey, but it does so at such a quick pace that the shells inside cannot be seen. I you know what? That's interesting. I guess we don't really know what's inside that thing, huh? I never really, I never really considered it to be like having something inside, you know? But I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's it's got something in there, and whatever's in there is apparently a mystery. Uh, anything else? No, that's it. I mean, I mean, you know, all of them are pretty much the same thing, but we do get a little bit more personality from this Pokemon because, of course, it is before generation, or it is, uh, you know, in between generation one and three. So we have some Pokemon Mystery Dungeon conversations with it. From uh, max to half HP, it says, what goes on inside my shell is a secret. <laughs> Man, he's secretive. From twenty, uh, from half to a quarter, he says, now this isn't pretty. I'm seeing my health down halfway. Uh, quarter to 1%. I'm about done. Haven't got any power left to give. And on level up, he says, say now, I leveled up. My shell's grown thicker too. He's <laughs> got some, he's, he's, he's a little snazzy. I like his, I like his uh, demeanor. I like the way he talks. He's very, you know, say now. He's very... Fancy, just something you wouldn't think of. You something you would think from a literal, just like basketball. Uh, anyway, let's look at some trivia. I actually, interestingly, I don't remember what Fortress's shiny looks like. So, looking at it again for the first time is going to be a uh, it's going to be a treat. I can sort of it will sort of help me maybe you know judge it without bias uh, because I literally don't remember what it is. How I mean, how often do you think about Fortress? Uh, but for its trivia, Fortress and its pre-evolution share their category with Burmy and Wormadam. They are known as Bagworm Pokemon. Fortress is the first original Steel type in the National Pokedex, as Magnemite and its evolution were not Steel types in Generation One. Really, I, yeah, I, mean, I guess it makes sense. First Steel type in the Johto Pokedex. Fortress's Crystal Steel Steel Sprite is different from that of Gold and Silver, making it one of the few Pokemon to have three distinctly different sprites in Generation 2. In Pokemon Pokemon Ranger Guardian Signs, its Poke Assist is shown to be Steel in the capture screen, but turns out to be normal after the capture. Well, lying to us. Uh, and it's or I'm actually interested to see its sort of origins because this thing is weird. Uh, Fortress is based on a bagworm. What is, what even is a bagworm? Oh, they, oh, those are, oh, yeah, I mean, makes sense. They're, those are the ones that build, build things around them. (laughs) When they're, I assume, uh, like, uh, what's, what's the word? 
Wow, I can't. Wow, I we learned this so much in like elementary school. I can't remember what it's called when like a you know when a caterpillar goes inside of its cocoon to become a butterfly. What is it called? I don't even know what that's. I don't even know if that's what they do. Uh, bagworms. These cases are attached to rocks, trees, or fences resting during their pupa stage. Metamorphosis. That is the phrase I am thinking of. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it. It does that during. Uh, during metamorphosis, it sort of goes into its hard shell made of sticks and whatever else it can find. I guess it makes sense. Um, which, realizing it now, pineco is probably not a pinecone, huh? It's probably just supposed to look like a pinecone. It's probably just like a bagworm inside of a, you know, a, like just a bunch of sticks. Uh, fortress is different, though. It's made of like rock. Uh, I mean, being a steel type, it makes sense, but uh, Fortress is based on a bagworm, possibly one inhabiting a discarded shell of a horse chestnut or a walnut. Because of its shell and the fact that its spikes resemble cannons, it might have been based on the giant clam or other mussels and shellfish with functioning nozzles. Oh, so it's like a clam? I, like, I guess? I never really considered it to be like something inside of something else. I thought it was just its body, you know? Like I, it's it's a it's like a either a clam or a walnut. I don't know. I'm not going to think about it too much harder. All right, shiny time. Let's let's sort of go at this one by one. Oh, it's it's yellow. I forgot it was yellow. <laughs> wow, it's really yellow. I mean, like it totally changes into just yellow. Like, you know, it's got that it's got that red and white color scheme going on in most of the sprites, and then in, in its shiny, it's just both of them are yellow. Like, they're different shades of yellow, mind you, but they're just yellow. I mean, it kind of looks, like, nastier in the 3D versions. In the, in the 2D sprites, the, the shinies are a lot more... The yellow is a lot paler. But in its gold, silver, and crystal variants, and also the in the 3D games, it's very... It looks moldy. It's kind of gross looking. Ugh. Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to say like six out of 10. It's not too bad. It's actually quite nice. I do. I do like the color yellow and I do really like the It's how they sort of changes, changes to just like completely yellow. I guess it's more of a gold actually. Now that I think about it, it is a little bit sort of a golden, a golden clam walnut worm. Yeah, I mean, sure. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the competitively competitive viability of this thing. Spoiler alert, it's not great. <laughs> um, its stats are uh, an HP stat of 75, attack of 90, its highest stat being 140 in defense, uh, special attack and special defense of both 60, and a speed of 40. Uh, it is an RU which is rarely used, not too bad, but pretty bad. Uh, and this is written, this overview is written by Zizilith. Fortress's huge defense stat lets it act as one of the best physical sponges in the tier, being able to switch into threats like Metagross, Verizian, and Beware. Its access to all entry hazards and rapid spin makes it an appealing choice on teams that desire its ability to compress several roles into one, and its access to Volt Switch allows it to bring teammates in safely and avoid as much passivity as possible. It gets Volt Switch? That's interesting. It's a bug type. 
Uh, Fortress's amazing typing only leaves it with a single weakness, although its neutri neutrality to rock and flying as a steel type can put a strain on team building. However, Fortress's Fortress extremely lacking base 60 de special defense makes special attackers a huge threat to watch out for. Due to Fortress's lacking offensive presence beyond Fault Switch and Toxic, it is easily spin-blocked by many ghost types like Miss Magius and Alolan Marowak, while hazard removers such as Mega Blastoise, Sigilyph, and Mandibuzz are able to switch into it with impunity and remove whatever hazards Fortress has set up. This is somewhat mitigated by Fortress's ability to pivot out of them or put them, in a time, put them on a timer with Toxic, however. Furthermore, a lack of reliable recovery means it's prone to being whittled down by Stealth Rock and other residual damage. Although Fortress's very low speed stat will increase Gyro Ball's power, it will otherwise often be moving last against other, most other Pokemon in the tier, which hinders its ability as a spinner and a hazard setter. Pokemon like Rhyperior are able to KO it before it gets the opportunity to use Rapid, center, rapid Spinner Spikes. Lastly, Fortress, Fortress possesses... <laughs> Those two words together, Fortress possesses a crippling weakness to fire, one of the best offensive typings in the meta, which severely undermines its defensive utility. Oh boy, that was a wall of text if I've ever seen one, almost as much of a wall as Fortress. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's self-explanatory. That that actually did a really, really good job at going really in-depth uh, into what it does, and uh, it's it, it was a nice change from having almost no competitive talk in the past few episodes of EvoCast. Uh, the most common set, or, the, you know, the set that Smogon um, recommends is a defensive set, Gyro Ball, Spikes, Volt Switch, Rapid Spin, slash Toxic, which is, you know, Rapid Spin or Toxic, uh, Leftovers as an item, Ability doesn't matter, either will do. Uh, relaxed nature, plus defense, minus speed. Um, 252 HP, 252 defense, and four special defense EVs. Oh, and actually zero speed EVs, I assume, for Trick Room. Which is why relaxed nature, I assume, because, you know, minus speed, zero speed EVs. Uh, for Oh, and also for Gyro Ball, I suppose. Uh, but Trick Room as well, I suppose. All right. So, uh, let's get let's let's get it out of the way right away. Post Malone <laughs> is having a Pokemon concert uh, on on February twenty seventh, actually at seven p.m. A virtual concert. I don't know how to feel about this. I really don't. I mean, like, I obviously. What am I saying? I obviously that. I don't mean that. I don't listen to Post Malone's con uh, music. I honestly, I don't. Maybe I don't think I've ever heard a song or like heard a song I knew that it was him. Uh, I don't really listen to a lot of modern music, so it's kind of it, it's sort of an anomaly to me what exactly this is going to entail. Of course, we also have Katy Perry doing music, which I am surprised that it was sort of like, hey, Katy Perry's doing a song. Oh, by the way, so is Post Malone, you know, or a concert, I guess. Uh, which is interesting, you know, I guess it's almost like Katy Perry is doing a song and then Post Malone is doing an entire concert. <laughs> so it's kind of like a double sort of, you know, dichotomy. Um, but oh, I mean, like, what else? I don't really know what else to say. I am looking. F I, 
I, I am looking at it. I'm, I wasn't going to say I'm looking forward to it because I don't know how true that is, uh, but I am acknowledging its existence and, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a fun time. Um, if it's Pokemon, I'll be there, uh, and I will be enjoying it. So I am interested to to see what goes on. Um. Oh man, I didn't even see this. There's okay. Uh, well, this is news to me. Uh, looking on the Pokemon 25 page, you know. 25.pokemon.com uh sort of looking at the the things that they that are officially known about the um the upcoming events um one of which is a singing pikachu um get a singing pikachu add a special pikachu that knows the move sing to your team in pokemon sword and pokemon shield uh oh it's a um mystery gift Bring beautiful music to Galar with a special Pikachu. This Pikachu knows Sing, a move it cannot ordinarily learn. Ordinarily learn. Come back on February 25th, 2021 for a password you could use to add this melodious Pikachu to your team in Pokemon Sword or Pokemon Shield. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so it has, it actually says here, the, uh, the ribbon, it has a souvenir ribbon. It's holding a light bulb. Uh, its moves are Sing, Encore, Celebrate, and Electro Ball. Um, yeah, I mean, Pikachu can't normally learn Sing, so uh, I I mean, I don't know how long that'll be active for, but I assume I'll be re- sort of releasing that information on the next episode of EvoCast, but I mean, if I don't, go ahead and, uh, you know, and sort of uh, do that if, you, if you're interested in getting this Pikachu. Speaking of Pikachu, I this is this is the thing that I'm most excited for. Okay, I went to McDonald's. <laughs> I I know uh, a, a shocking revelation, but I am holding. You can hear it. I'm doing a little bit of ASMR for you of the cardboard of a Happy Meal box. There you go. Um, Pikachu. It's you know. I mean, it's uh. I went to McDonald's. I got two Happy Meals because I wanted two packs of Pokemon cards. And also, one Happy Meal was nearly not enough food for an adult person, like an adult woman like me. So I got two. Um, I unfortunately only got one Pikachu box. I assume that they're only one per person. Uh, but I did get two packs of trading cards, which is exciting. Uh, the, the Happy Meal box has like a little cutout of ears that you can sort of slip into the top of it, which is very, very cute. Um, the face is adorable. There's nothing really else on it. I mean, the back side of it is literally just the Happy Meal side, so nothing super crazy going on. But uh, what I was surprised to know is that there's different things that come with the trading cards. It's not just packs of trading cards. Um, I saved the the um the packages this is pokemon trading card game 25th anniversary four additional game cards only four you only get four which is i mean fine understandable it's a happy meal um but i have two packages here the first one came with a little picture frame a little like stand-up picture frame that i uh that you can hang up or you can you can sort of you know put 
put down. And I, I put one of the cards that I got into it. I'm looking at it right now. It's got a nice little frame to it. It's got a, a Pikachu with the 25 on its cheeks at the bottom. It's adorable. It's just a little stand-up picture frame. Uh, and I put a score bunny in it because I it was the one that I liked the most out of all of them. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and speaking of where my cards are being held is the second Happy Meal came with a little uh like carry box for them like a little uh card holder uh it has the Sinnoh starters on it which i thought was interesting not like you know the galler starters but the Sinnoh starters i don't know if there's anything else you can get from them i i mean if i go to mcdonald's again i will probably get more happy meals and i'm actually considering doing it again just because mcdonald's is really good uh but specifically for you know the training cards i'm hoping that maybe there's some other things that you could get i know like don't get me wrong i'm aware of the fact that i am sort of gushing about things that are made for children but listen pokemon is not restricted by age (laughs) and if they're giving out pokemon stuff i'm gonna take it um it's very cute i enjoy the little carrying box uh and we're going to do a little bit of a um the card talk about the cards that i got i got uh they're all starters they're none of them there's no i mean maybe you can get pikachu i assume probably you can get pikachu but i didn't get pikachu uh, i got starters i got piplup i got Chespin. <laughs> i got score bunny uh which is in the picture frame i got a holographic chimchar uh and a holographic cyndaquil both of my both all the two of the fire types that i got were hollow uh i got a froakie i got a tepig and i got a turtwig (laughs) interesting i know so so riveting uh maybe maybe next time uh if i have a uh, if i get the happy meal if or if i you know if i get the happy meals if i go to mcdonald's at all uh before next episode of evocast i'll do a card opening on you know on on the episode i think that'll be fun uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I will plan on doing that. If I, you know, I'll go to McDonald's specifically for this podcast, just so I can get more cards to open. I know that, um, maybe it'll be less of an interesting thing because it's an audio medium and not visual, but I mean, they're, the cards themselves aren't really that interesting. I just think it'll be kind of a little fun, you know, commodity. Um, and you know, more more things to do more things to talk about uh on evocast i'm always looking for more ways to uh sort of keep things interesting but yeah i mean putting them away now (laughs) uh i'm keeping this box no way am i not keeping this box i know it's silly trust me i know it's silly uh but i plan on keeping this box uh as, as as long as i can i mean i don't know how sturdy they are but they're just cardboard i'm hoping that uh it you know you know i might have to shove it shove all of my college stuff into a box and drive it home uh and if we're limited for space i might unfortunately not be able to take the happy meal pikachu box home with me but i'm hoping that maybe i can uh keep it safe and keep it for a while because who knows uh these things might be you know you may you might we might look back on this uh another 25 years from now and say hey remember when they did the 25 anniversary for for pikachu or for pokemon and they had uh pikachu happy meal boxes i got one right here Look at me. I'm cool. I saved it like a cool person. All right. Um, Moving on from Happy Meal Pikachu time. uh, Let's talk about, again, 
the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. A few weeks ago, they released a uh, a video. I you know I sort of already said this. This is just for the for the for the theatrics of it. They released a video called 25 or Pokemon 25 or like 25 years of Pokemon or something, um, and they. Uh, it was, you know, a, like a montage of a Pokeball rolling across different scenes with different Pokemon in them, uh, things like that, blah, blah, blah. You heard the spiel in the beginning. Uh, what I did was I went back and I documented every scene, everything in the background, every little figure, plush, you know, sort of, or, and, and reference that was in the video that that you my dear listener might have missed. Uh, so get ready to be informed on the most useless of tri- uh, of information that you might ever hear. Uh, and that, of course, is every single Pokemon and reference in Pokemon 25. First of all, uh, they go through them in sort of order of regions with a, with a, a few little things in between. Um, but of course, it starts off with Kanto, uh, the first scene is a Game Boy dropping down, playing Pokemon Red or Blue. Nothing, you know, nothing crazy interesting. Uh, but something I will note is that the the player playing the game uh, is using a Weedle and catching a Pikachu, which I thought was I thought was cute. So obviously in Viridian Forest, um, I think that's the only place you can catch Pikachu. I mean, at least at level five. So I assume that they're in Viridian Forest. Um, but the oh, and the player is named Red which I thought was a, a cute little, you know, oh, you know, I mean, obviously it's the default name, but you know, they, they, they took their time. They, you know, they, they put care into the, into the, the, the video. Um, there's a Pokeball. It rolls by some, you know, on some grassy plains. I don't necessarily think it's a reference to anything. There's, there's a few like scenes and like environments later that are sort of references to things in specific games, but I don't think this is, I think this is just a reference to like grasslands, you know, in Pokemon. It's not like anything crazy. Um, but, uh, uh, there, there is going to be some, some jargon that I, that I, uh, go back to a lot in this, in this episode or in this discussion here for, uh, most importantly of all is gallery figure. Uh, the first, figure that we see actually is a Bulbasaur gallery figure. And if you don't know what I mean when I say gallery figure, it is those figures that are like that, you know, they have the, they have the base, they have the Pokemon on top and the Pokemon is doing some sort of like move or cool action pose. You know, it's not just like a figure of the Pokemon standing there. It's specifically like a battle action. Um, so that, that is what is called a gallery figure. That's the official name. They're on the Pokemon center website. Um, so if you hear me say gallery figure, that is what I mean, uh, when referring to this Pokemon. So the first one that we see is a Bulbasaur, uh, gallery figure, uh, and an Eevee toy, just a, just a figure of Eevee. Um, next, the next scene has a Charizard, a Nidoran, a very, very hard to tell Nidoran. It took me like 20 seconds to figure out that it was a Nidoran. Uh, I literally did not know what Pokemon it was until like, like I said, like 20 seconds into looking into it. Um, and a Charmander gallery figure. Uh, the Pokeball hits a lever, which reveals a uh, Pikachu amiibo, uh, the only amiibo in the entire um, the entire video. Surprisingly, uh, you know, even though there's plenty of other uh, Pokemon in Smash and you know Pokemon amiibos, 
Um, but this this Pikachu amiibo, this lone one, is the only one in the entire one in the entire video. Um, next scene has Blastoise in the water. There's a Ponyta. There's a, a Venusaur, uh, and then there's a Snorlax on the bridge, which the Pokeball bumps into, which obviously is a reference to uh, the Snorlax on the bridge on Route 12. I don't re- I don't remember if it's Route 12. It might be Route 13. I don't know Kanto all that well, but you know, there's Snorlax on the bridge blocking your way into um into into Lavender Town, into Fuchsia City, things you know, that that Snorlax. That specific Snorlax, <laughs> I assume, is what that's a reference to. Um And and that's actually where Kanto sort of ends. It moves on to Johto at this point, which has um a very beautiful depiction of sort of like an autumnal forest it's like you know there's the orange leaves on the ground there's a forest uh there's like you know some some wooden beams uh things like that which obviously is a reference to uh the walkway to bell tower in heart gold soul silver which is which is beautiful um in in this scene though there is a, a blossom there's the johto starters uh, and an espion all of them are plushes um and um on the top, there is a Caesar who is sitting. Uh, they're all these are all plushes, who are sitting in between an X and a W, uh, unknown, which I thought was very interesting. Um, I don't really know what that is supposed to mean. I think it might just be random letters. I think this is maybe a little bit of a missed opportunity for them to put something like cryptic, you know, into the, into this, this video, you know, spell out something with the unknowns because, um, in the next scene, there's more unknowns that appear in the background. Like they took the time to add two more unknowns into the line, uh, and they didn't make it spell anything. It, they, they put an M and an O, uh, in front of the X. So it says M O X, a Caesar, and then a W, which they definitely could have spelt out like Pokemon or, you know, like something like Pokey, you know, like P-O-K-E, something like that. Uh, but no, it's just M-O-X, Caesar, W, um, which, of course, is my favorite letter of the alphabet, Caesar. <laughs> um, the, the Pokeball falls onto a catapult and launches a Meowth gallery figure into the woods Um and then surprisingly, having absolutely nothing to do with Johto, uh, a shiny VMAX Charizard card is sort of flipped up, uh, which which hits another Pokeball um, and ends the, the, the Johto section. I thought that was interesting. I don't know why it's not like a VMAX Johto Pokemon. Like it's just Charizard. Um, but I, I guess it makes sense. Um, unfortunately for me, it being my favorite generation, the Hoenn section is the shortest, or maybe not the shortest, but it is one of the shortest little sections and references in this uh, in this video. But um, the Pokeball rolls to a like a like a little stony walk, like a little stony like mountain area. I, I think it's supposed to represent like uh, Mount Chimney and Route One Twelve, you know that sort of little area. Um, and I know this because. There is a Pikachu in a in a cable car. You know the cable car that goes up to Mount Chimney. Uh, there's a celebratory Pikachu holding sparklers in its hands in this cable car, um, but that the Pokeball sort of rolls over to and hits, but not before uh, going past a Wailord, a huge Wailord plush, a Gardevoir gallery figure, and a Trico and a Sableye plush. 
um, when the Pokeball hits the the Pikachu chimney cable car, it goes up. And, you know, it starts it starts climbing, uh, climbing and climbing, and eventually reaches the top of a snowy mountain, which I believe is supposed to uh, represent. Oh, if I can remember the name, Mount Coronet from Sinnoh, like the top of it, the the spear pillar, um, because there is a um, a Mewtwo up there, not a uh, you know not Dialga, Palkia, any Sinnoh, just just a Mewtwo, um, as well as a Leafeon and a Glaceon gallery figure, um, a red Nidoroid, you know those little very high quality figures. Uh, and a Cubone gallery figure, sort of just like on a pillar somewhere. Um, the Pokeball hits like a box or like a like a stone wall, and three Pokemon cards spit out. And these Pokemon cards are very interesting to me because uh, there's two of them that we can see very, very clearly. There's a Squirtle, uh, and there is a Rhyperior, a level X, I think, uh, or a level EX, something like that. But the middle one, the one underneath the Rhyperior card, it spits out three Pokemon cards, and the middle one is very hard to see. Uh, and it actually took me a long time to figure out what this was. I made a tweet on Twitter asking people what they think that this Pokemon card is, because I could not for the life of me figure it out. You can only see it for like three frames in the entire video. Uh, and all you can see is like the, the 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 evolution, like what it evolves from, and the fact that it's a purple card. And it took it. I I didn't actually ever uh, end up figuring out what it is. But uh, Ditto six one six on Twitter, uh, very kindly and very smartly pointed out to me that it is a Haunter card because the um, if you look very closely at the at the pre evolution, uh, it it is a Ghastly. I couldn't tell, but like looking at it now after realizing this information, it's definitely a Ghastly. Um, and like I'm uh, Ditto six one six even posted a picture of the card that it was that it that was there, and it's one hundred percent that card. So thank you. If you're listening to this episode, thank you. Uh, but you know, mystery solved. It took me like thirty minutes to figure out what this card was. I was eventually, I was you know originally just going to be like, oh, you know, I don't know what card it is. But I decided to make a tweet, seeing if anyone could figure it out. Someone who has a little bit of a better eye than me, uh, and my, my work paid off. <laughs> so uh, after the after the the Pokemon card sort of gets spit out, uh, there the ball keeps rolling. Uh, it hits a Dragonite figure that flies, does a little circle around a mountain, uh, and hits a Pikachu in a minecart that rides away uh, into a cave. <laughs> it, it was like I'm I'm doing this only because it's sometimes it's very very hard to see what these Pokemon are. There's so many references, you know, it's so much information at once that it's it's really difficult to see what actually is going on in this in this thing uh and like i said i had to watch it over like five times before i could really make a comprehensive list of everything that was going on in this video um in the cave the minecart passes by a haunter it passes by a mega lucario gallery figure a groudon figure and then it comes out of the cave and hits another catapult um the the pokeball flies away um, rolling across a recreation of the um, the Driftfield Drawbridge from Unova. We're in Unova territory now, um, emphasized by the fact that there is 
a Snivy, Tepic, and Oshawa plush sort of around it. So it's definitely Driftfield Drawbridge. <laughs> um, as it, you know, it sort of goes, it goes past the, um, it goes past the, uh, the, the drawbridge and it goes into a city, which I can only assume is Castilia, uh, which my, my reasoning for that will be revealed later. Uh, it passes by a, uh, three plushies, a Litwick, a Trubbish, and a Vanillite, uh, which are actually dittos. If you can, you know, you look at their faces and you see the iconic ditto face, it's actually ditto faces. Um, uh, it sort of goes past them. It heads onto an elevator which brings it up onto the top of the city and uh, has little screens sort of around showing episodes of the anime, of, uh, of the Pokemon anime, uh, one of which is an episode from the Sun and Moon anime. One of the other ones is a shot from, uh, some, I think, a movie or maybe one of the anime episodes that shows uh, Mega Rayquaza. And then... Three of them in the same scene are depicting the first episode of Pokemon, uh, the original, you know, the first season of Pokemon, the very first episode. Um, it so the the Pokeball sort of travels down, um, goes past a, po- or uh, sorry, it doesn't go past it. It runs into an open uh, Pokeball DS playing Pokemon Black on it and closes it. Um, passing by a Meowth. And a Psyduck plushie, as well as a, a um, an N Nendoroid, just like the red one. Um, and finally, it uh, it goes in. It activates a Pikachu train, <laughs> which has a little Pikachu riding on top of it, uh, and it leaves the city, which um, confirms my suspicion that this is Castilia City because it goes pat. It go- it leaves on a bridge that is very very reminiscent of the Sky Arrow Bridge. Um, you know, I, maybe it's me, like, I would be surprised if it wasn't, but I assume that's the reference that they're going for. Like it looks, it looks a lot like, it doesn't necessarily look like Castilia city. It just looks like a big city, but, um, it's definitely the sky arrow bridge, I think is what they were going for. The train, the train goes for a little while, uh, before it hits like a wall and releases a bunch of pokeballs, only like the four main ones. Uh, Pokeball, Great Ball, Ultra Ball, and Master Ball, like plushies of the of the balls, um, and the camera slides into the Pokeball factory from Kalos, which I thought was a cute little reference. Um, we can see Pokeball plushies on the conveyor belt. Um, there's like a viewing window at the top with a Gengar, a Jigglypuff, a Sableye, a Pancham, and Pumpkaboo plushies watching from above, um, and in the very middle. There are gallery figures of all nine evolutions, including Eevee, um, which sort of like get pushed together into like a big pile. Um, and uh, the reason why I, I called back my claim that Hoenn was the shortest uh, is because this is definitely the shortest representation of all of the generations because this is literally all we get of Kalos is this little shot of the Pokeball factory and then it moves on. <laughs> uh, it moves on to a beach which has um, the Alola starter plushes. It has Pikachu in the water, Gyarados and Greninja, gallery figures in the water as well. Um, the, the, the Pikachu one sort of travels across the, the water, um, hits a Corviknight taxi cab, which flies away, uh, flying into the stadium, 
you know, landing next to a, uh, a Venusaur plush and a Pikachu plush, having at it, battling in the stadium. Not a very fair fight, if you ask me, but, you know, I mean, the, the anime kind of disproves that. Um, and there's also a figure of the three Galar starters, uh, you know, Scorbunny, Sobble, and Grookey. Um, and finally, the last sort of little scene, uh, it zooms out from the stadium, um, passing by a Detective Pikachu uh, figure, uh, and then it goes into the announcement for the Katy Perry, um, you know, re- like reveal that she's making a song for Pokemon. But there is a little bit of uh, a little bit of re- a little bit of reference in this uh, in this scene. There's a in it, it sort of passes by um, Katy Perry's like wardrobe, or obviously what is supposed to be her wardrobe, and in like a little purse hanging from one of the the hooks, you can we can see a Jigglypuff sitting inside. And in the very back, um, behind some suitcases, we can see a Snorlax with like a Hawaiian shirt on. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, who I know that was a lot of information. I apologize. Um, sort of, I was sort of feeling my 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 DM, uh, you know, feelings there when I was explaining like the scenes of all these things. It feels like I'm giving, um, you know, exposition to my players. <laughs> telling them the scene before they go into combat um but no i I mean i know there was a lot of information but like there was there's a lot of things in this video a lot of very cute meticulously crafted you know little scenes of all these pokemon different pokemon different scenes representing the different generations Uh, i hope that wasn't too much to follow but i didn't really see any other way of doing it other than just listing them out (laughs) uh sort of going and you know you can follow along uh, with the with the video itself, if you so please, but you know, um, just just for all you very very big Pokemon fans out there who don't want to miss a single little reference that they might that you know that we might get uh, from the Pokemon Company, there you go. There's every little reference in that video. I am very very sure, confident that I did not miss anything. I'm I, I don't think there's anything like in the background, you know, like hinting at anything or like some secret Pokemon being revealed, you know, like, I don't think they would do that. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, I, I watched this video like at least 10 or 15 times, uh, just going frame by frame, looking at every little transition, seeing if there's anything secret that they're, that they might've hidden in this little scene, but it doesn't seem like it. I think that's everything. Um, and you know, kudos to, kudos to Pokemon for making this little Rube Goldberg machine for, for, uh, you know, just for the reveal of a, of the 25th anniversary. It was very cute, full of a lot of little references and a lot of representation of the, of the generations and some, you know, some, some obscure references like the, the bell tower and Castilia city and things like that, you know, Driftfield drawbridge, um, things like that. It's nice to see. It's, it's nice to see a little, you know, it felt very, like, it felt like something that a fan would do, like, you know, like a fan made, like, oh, here's my Pokemon-themed Rube Rube Goldberg machine, Uh, but no, I mean, it was something that we got from the Pokemon company, Uh, and I appreciate it, obviously, I just watched the video 15 times, and just, like, read out the entire video telling you every single Pokemon and little reference in this video, obviously, I appreciate it, Okay, I almost have to catch my breath after that. Uh, with that being said, uh, there is still, 
you know, obviously it's not the 25th anniversary yet. I'm sure there's still much more information to come and you will probably won't stop hearing me talk about it uh, because, you know, anything that is revealed, anything even leading up to it, uh, I am most likely going to talk about. This is a very, very big moment uh, for Pokemon fans and for hopefully Pokemon history. Uh, if, you know, they reveal something big, if they announce a huge game, having <clears throat> a pro remakes, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, this upcoming week could be a very, very happy time for Pokemon fans alike, uh, and I am certainly looking forward to it. Anyway, uh, before we finish off this episode and, you know, leave these 10 days uh, of excitement to come sort of in our minds as the day passes by, um, we still have one more thing to talk about. And of course, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know what that is. It's everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a random move every episode. Move tutor, baby. Uh, today's move on the chopping block is Heart Stamp. Heart Stamp is a damage-dealing psychic-type move introduced in Generation 5. Uh, it is a physical psychic-type move. Not many of those out there, believe it or not. Um, it has a PP of 25, a power of 60, and a accuracy of 100%. Uh, Heart Stamp, or from Generations 5 to 7, Heart Stamp inflicts damage and has a 30% chance of causing the target to flinch. Uh, and in Generation 8, Heart Stamp has been removed. <laughs> Heart Stamp has been purged uh, from the game. So rip Heart Stamp. Uh, but Heart Stamp is, I believe, like, I think it was supposed to be um, Woobat and Swoobat's signature moves, moves but uh, because, you know, their heart is a nose. They're, sorry, their nose is a heart. Uh, and, you know, they sort of, I guess they give you a big old nose kiss with that, with that heart stamp. Uh, but, you know, it is, it is available to learn, um, by some other heart slash kissing themed Pokemon, such as Jinx, Smoochum, Love Disc, Miltank, I guess, <laughs> and, uh, Pikachu and Jirachi in events. We're not going to worry about it. Uh, it. It's sort of, it's, I mean, it's the move that I associate with Swoobat and Woobat. It's sort of their signature move. I think like technically it's not, but it's pretty much their signature move. Um, the description in black and, uh, you know, in, or I guess all of the games, uh, the user unleashes a vicious blow after its cute act makes the target less weary. Uh, it also makes the target flinch. It may also make the target flinch. Uh, and I think that's it. Yeah, there really isn't that much. I mean, you know, unfortunately, it is a little bit sad to hear that Heart Stamp of all moves has been purged in Generation 8, but I mean, you know. It's it's a physical psychic type move. It does have that going for it, which of course is something you don't see very often and is very uh, interesting. You know, I don't think there's... Uh, the only other really ones I can think of is like Psycho Cut, um, uh, Zen Headbutt. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I mean, there's only six, seven, and one of them, one of them is a is you know the physical version of the of the um of the psychic Z move, uh, and one of them is a uh, heart stamp. So kudos to you, heart stamp. You got a little bit of you got a little bit of cool stuff going on. 
30% chance to make the target flinch is a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good secondary effect, but 60 power, ugh. it's a cool move nonetheless. And uh, with that, I think that is going to end it for me for today. Uh, again, thank you all so much for two years of BevoCast. Thank you so much to everyone who has been listening and supporting this podcast uh, as time has been going on. And if this is your first episode, thank you for listening to it. And I hope that you will. Uh, I hope that you'll listen more in the years to come. So that's going to do it for me for today. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will catch you in the next one. Bye!